we got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wow, always a weird feeling the day after the NBA Finals uh, have ended that there's not another game. There's nothing else uh, to analyze until the offseason and the draft. So much still to do, but it definitely is a a line of demarcation in our lives and everyone else's that there is not just a basketball game to, to analyze every night, but certainly much more to discuss, including on the two teams that were just in the NBA Finals. I'll give you first pick here, Dan. We're going to talk Denver or Miami. I think let's have the champs go first. Um, Can give Denver that honor, if you will. And Denver's offseason is remarkably straightforward. That is a good thing when you are the newly minted champions. And that is because almost every single player in Denver's regular playoff rotation is already under contract for the 23-24 campaign. Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Christian Brown, all under contract. So the only two guys who really played it all who are not are Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. That is naturally where we start. And so to, to kind of walk through their finances, the Denver Nuggets are right around the luxury tax line So being right around the tax line without Bruce Brown at all means that whatever additions they have are going to raise their tax bill. And for the Cronkies, it's also very hard for them to shed salary. The All the guys who make over $4.3 million on this team played an important role, and many of them are on below market contracts. So I expect them to be remarkably similar to next year, and that means that the key discussion is Bruce Brown. Yeah, Jeff Green is the other one there. And the Nuggets, to their credit, we didn't expect to see them pay the tax. They stepped up and did it. They were rewarded with uh, an NBA championship. Uh, they were, in the end, $8.9 million over the tax line this year. And without Bruce Brown, without Jeff Green, they start next year already $3.2 million over the tax line now there will be that second apron this year but really the only effect of the second apron is allowing you to use the mid-level and then some salary matching aspects in trades so if they wanted to retain bruce brown retain jeff green they still would have to fill out uh, some salary slots uh, as well let me actually update that number so they're basically right at the tax with nine players under contract so if you assume they're going to fill out with minimums the two-year minimum next year is basically about two million dollars so that's what that counts so you'd say unless they make a cost-cutting move the absolute minimum that their team is going to cost and that's it if they've signed all minimums it would be 12 million into the tax maybe if jeff green and bruce brown are both to leave and they use this 37th pick that they just got uh, to sign someone to a rookie minimum which would save them about nine hundred thousand dollars they might be able to figure out a way to use the tax mid-level again this is without salary dumping moves they might be able to figure out a way to use the tax mid-level but they would be hard up against uh, that second apron so really what seems like the best move is re-sign jeff green using bird rights 
and offer Bruce Brown whatever contract he wants, but they are, of course, limited in what they can do there. They are limited by the non-Bird exception. So basically, this was created so that franchises couldn't game the system, and you could think about it being a big market team where you sign somebody for one year for a discount, and then you can give them a big contract in year two. They didn't want that to exist, so you only can give a player a 20% raise. And for Bruce Brown, who had a very reasonable contract, you know, ended up working out exceedingly well for Denver, making 6.5, roughly a little bit below 6.5 million last year. Then the problem is, you know, 1.2 raise on that is 7.8 million. And is 7.8 million as a starting salary enough for Bruce Brown? And I mean, we have to know. And so at Denver, you say, we'll offer it to you on however many years you want, whatever structure you want that is legal within it. And if it's good enough for you, then great. And if it's not, then it's not. And you hope that he says yes, that he and and potentially you could do the sales pitch that with when we have early bird rights, you know, you can get another one plus one of early bird rights that gives us out of flexibility. We can't agree to a, a digital contract, but we can hope to take care of you and the cap is going up and everything else. So that's probably the sales pitch, whether it's persuasive. Honestly, I think it depends more on the quality of other offers that Brown gets rather than the Nuggets offer. He said yesterday and of course, the glow of the championship that he would like to return to Denver. And you'd think the only way that that could probably happen for the 26 year old is one plus one at that most they can pay him starting at that 7.8 million. And then we'd seen this basically with a couple of guys, Nick Batum and Bobby Portis, where then they'll opt out. And once they've accrued early bird rights, then they can sign for a longer deal. And that that would be he could sign a four year deal for starting in the low teens. Actually, what would that be? Let me see if we have that here. Two years from. Yeah, basically, it would be kind of in the four year, 55 million or so range estimated in the 24 offseason. And again, they could certainly. We've seen guys go back who presumably would have had much better options like Batum, like like Bobby Portis for a year and then sign that deal. You imagine if he does return there on a one plus one, that that's something that they've kind of promised him. But they might also say, we're not sure that our salary structure would support that. Of course, he could also just become their starter at the two if Contavious Caldwell-Pope were to leave in a year. He's under contract. So I, yeah, I think the quality of the other offers is going to be fascinating. Brown's certainly made a nice name for himself he's shot the ball better this year he's got some solid on ball skills as well he can also play that short role role that he played in brooklyn so he should be a guy who's in demand you'd think i don't know that he would be brought in as a starter but certainly you'd think as a nice addition at around the full melt mid-level on a four-year contract like i think you would have offers out there like that I would hope so. And Brown is not, you know, he's better if you have a dominant on-ball force next to him. Jokic could be that. But there are a lot of players who fill that description and are not point guard sized. You could think about wherever James Harden ends up, you know, in an ideal world, Luka. But if it's Dallas, their their finances are all all amok because of what's going on with Kyrie and everything else. Like what what will they, exceptions will they have to offer and, you know, numerous other teams. I actually think that were they to have the resources for it, like New Orleans fitting him with Zion would be interesting. Like how kind of how you could because Brown is strong enough that he could set some screens there. But are are any of those teams with the non taxpayer going to go in that direction? We'll ha- we'll have to see. And also, are the cap space teams in play here? Are, are is there a team that has? 
a need for probably, you know, it's more of like a third guard. I don't know that anybody's going to offer a starting spot that is really there. And the problem for Bruce Brown is that there aren't necessarily like I could see Utah or OKC or somebody like that showing an interest, somebody who could clearly help their team without breaking the bank. But you have to be in a likelihood as Bruce Brown to mitigate risk and everything else. You might have to be a high target for them, though, might have some leverage there or might have the ability to wait a little bit because you pretty much know Denver's offer and they can't really they're not going to burn that they're not going to close that door so maybe you can wait it out a little bit so that those teams can go after their number one number two targets if it's not you yeah and maybe the money gets close enough that he would rather just to return in denver but important to remember he hasn't really made any money in his career he was on that qualifying offer last year and then he made the 6.5 this year so he, he does really have a need to get some security and maybe it's just a question of whether that wink wink deal would be offered and be enough for him Jeff Green does also fulfill a pretty important role on this team. Uh, He's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Jeff Green is amazingly 36 years old, but still one of the more reliable bench power forwards in the league. Again, there's this issue of the tax crunch, whether he wants to come back or not. I think he'll have plenty of suitors. The question would be, is somebody else going to offer him the tax mid-level? They have early bird rights on Jeff Green. They could pay him, you know, certainly not whatever he wants, but more than anyone else would want to pay him. So that's just a question of negotiation you think it's just how much does Denver value him do they feel like he's gonna fall off they did do a good job of moving on from Will Barton a year early branch Ricky style in that trade for KCP would they maybe feel like they want to give Vlako Chanchar or Zeke Naji a chance at that role first uh that's that's an interesting question to me but I think some of it depends too on Bruce Brown coming back because they might feel like where they are if they don't get Bruce Brown back maybe with that tax pyramid level they could do better than Jeff Green if it's basically a choice of using the tax mid level or bringing back Jeff Green for something above the minimum they might want to go another route there's also the consideration that giving Jeff Green more than his minimum is more expensive for the Denver Nuggets you know because yeah. it's partially subsidized and with the tax and everything else and Jeff Green's been in the league for a long time so his minimum is pretty high and so the financial the margin he, he also him, has chafed at taking the minimum even though the minimum for his experience level is now like an actual cash is 3.1 million even though it's only two on the books exactly and so for for denver for tax purposes for everything else that would be useful but you kind of see where he stands on that and the other challenge is that in all likelihood especially if bruce brown comes back you know you brought up the idea of the tax pyramid level as a possibility everything like that it's that your jeff green is probably competing more for more against minimum guys for that kind of spot on the rotation rather than heavy higher because part of this is and i don't want to dwell too much on this but you know if they have the the five million dollar tax pyramid level weaker now than it was in prior cbas i don't know that that's going to get you somebody that you're really sure is going to be a part of your rotation and for the nuggets that matters because they can expect and hope to have a long playoff run in 24 the other thing i think you can point to as well and part of why they have this salary crunch is because Jokic's designated player veteran extension kicks in at 47 when he made 33 this year but they might also come to the conclusion that someone like Zeke Naji I guess Zeke Naji would really be the one because he's making 4.3 in the fourth year of his rookie deal really hasn't contributed at a playoff level for them yet if they 
feel as though that's just not going to work, then you probably can't really afford, particularly again, if they're trying to use that tax mid-level. If you're like, hey, I mean, maybe even if they do retain Braun in this circumstance, would you rather have 4.3 of Zeke Naji on your books? Or would you rather have 5 million of the tax pyramid level on your books instead? Like you probably, again, with this team can do better with that tax pyramid level than you could with Zeke Naji if they're not a huge believer in him, if they're not a huge believer in Chanchar. So it's going to be an interesting question for them. What do they do? Are they going to just trust Zeke Naji and Chanchar or maybe Peyton Watson could emerge? as possibilities there and just go into next season with a role built in for them having already won the championship and saying hey you know what like we'll we'll figure it out uh they also will have the issue of not necessarily being able to get a buyout guy because they'll almost certainly be over the first apron so that will be lost to them how are they fixed for seconds going forward I think some of it is still, I, I think they're getting at least one in the OKC deal, which Real GM's invaluable database does not yet have in. But yeah, that, that trade is actually not official. They have not. They've delayed it. Yeah. It. Uh, so, so we won't have, see a trade during the finals after all. So. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets have the number 40 pick from Dallas this year, but then they owe their own seconds in 23, 24, 27. And so they, so they have a couple, but their own aren't particularly juicy. And the expectation that Denver is going to be good for a long time, that will probably, they don't have any like top 45s other than number 40 this year, which I think they'll intend to use for somebody who has a chance to help them. Yeah, and they should be able to grab. 37 this year as well so maybe whoever they get could be a piece that they could trade or uh more likely just 37 and 40 will both be on the roster because if you, if it's your own draft pick that's the only way basically that you can pay someone less than the minimum as it pertains to the luxury tax calculation so having a couple of those could be valuable for them as they look to be probably skirting that second apron assuming they're willing to pay which i would imagine after winning the championship they probably are at this point up to that level and particularly given and, and they might even be willing to go over that second apron the only thing preventing them from doing that would be the uh losing the tax payment level getting hard capped we got another day of nba action so it's time for your fan crew to make their bets you know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As far as what these guys need, it's easy to think now that they're just this incredible machine, but they didn't miss a single game due to injury during the playoffs. And they may not have Bruce Brown back. Maybe they feel like Christian Brown can take on a lot of that. But they had basically an eight-man rotation in these playoffs. And Jeff Green might, might not be back either. And it's important to remember again that like their bench was awful all season. And that's maybe part of why there was some camouflage about how dominant this team ended up being. But you don't want to run Nikola Jokic on the ground. They just had a long playoff run. So um, you're not going to play Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green at backup center uh, all season in, in your backup front court, even if you bring Jeff back jeff green so they need something 
at backup center that's reliable. They probably need someone at backup point guard who's reliable, particularly if they lose Brown, uh, uh, Bruce Brown, you know, the Ish Smith, Reggie Jackson. I'm guessing probably he's going to want to be back because <laughs> uh, they didn't play him at all. Thomas Bryant, it uh, doesn't seem like his experience after requesting a trade there went all that well. And they he was out of the rotation in the regular season anyway. So they do they actually need to fill some spots at least for the regular season next year, because it's important for them to get the number one seed. Like they, that's part of why they cruise is that they had home court advantage in every series. They went up to zero in every series, except for the finals. They likely will be making those solicitations with minimum contracts and probably one year minimums because of the financial difference between the two, between that, because if it's a multi-year minimum contract, then you don't get the subsidization from the league for these significant veterans. And where that sales pitch works, you're the reigning defending champion offering, playing time in many of these cases like the backup point guard for the Denver Nuggets can play and if they can help the team survive the non-Jokic minutes they might play more regularly even though Jokic doesn't miss that much time overall so who that ends up being is is an open question like who's willing to take their minimum I would actually lean more in an offensive direction for them the problem is there aren't that many offense first point guards that are healthy enough like yeah if, Kemba, if you trusted Kemba Walker's knees you could try it but nobody does for a good reason in, uh, you know, somebody like Dennis Schroeder should be expecting more than that. Someone like campaign you probably expect and he's he also missed a bunch of time even if that was with injuries we don't expect yeah. to recur. Well, he'll probably be back you would think in phoenix anyway on that partial guarantee probably i mean there's there are circumstances where the money makes more sense if campaign gets waived um but i i think he'll sure. be back too yeah this is really a very bad point guard free agent class as far as just reliable backups are concerned and they only really have the minimum to offer but they this could be a chance for a guy to come in and establish his career but you could also just be out of the playoff rotation again as well i'm not sure what the market is going to be for some of these guys like a dennis smith jr but the, i think he would be a great michael malone type of player uh, javon carter would be an interesting fit here too but he is a player option for slightly more than the minimum but maybe he's it feels like he wants to go somewhere else other than milwaukee uh uh, you know, Patrick Beverly, I think, would be a very interesting option for them. But you'd imagine if it's just to me the minimum, he would just go back to Chicago. Corey Joseph, like these are some of the names. I mean, maybe Reggie Jackson would want to come back. Uh, I think maybe a slightly interesting name would be Derek Rose. I'm just not sure how much he has left at this point, but it, New York had so much guard depth that there was clearly should be playing over him that maybe he could come in and just be a, in a backup role. Nate, Aaron Holiday. Yeah. I'm going to throw Sorry. one who's not point guard size, but Shake Milton, if he'd be, be interested in kind of getting some yeah, reps there. That, that would actually be really useful for them because they needed, in theory, what Bones Highland was giving them. And then he just ultimately didn't defend well enough. I, I think actually, like, not having Bones Highland in their playoff rotation really ended up helping them quite a bit in addition to the fact that he had these attitude issues so you know maybe ish smith they'll bring him back as like a solid vet or whatever but he's 34 i don't know if he has much left would they i don't think they would go in the direction of like a john wall or something like that i, I don't even know if wall is going to continue his career they kind of need guys who are a little more over themselves wall is going to shoot a lot well and nate we can also note that the buyout market for them in season is going to be more complicated assuming the nuggets pay the tax because of that that's one of the rules that does kick in and is for all taxpayers not just the second apron is the if a player is making more than 12.2 million and gets bought out you can't sign him that's the first apron right 
I believe that's the first apron. Oh, so they yeah. might actually there might be a little wiggle room for them there. You're right. I, I would be shocked if they're not over the first apron, though. That would really be tough for them to get below that at this point. Um, how about on the at center? What about backup center? Anybody that you like at all here? Definitely more players than at backup point guard. I, there isn't anybody. I, I thought I heard somebody say somebody who had who had a little bit of a handoff game that that could be interesting. Now I'm trying to remember who that was. Um, I mean, the normal guys that that are interesting, like a Mo Wagner, Bismack Biombo, I've always liked. I mean, even though he's he's probably as far from Jokic as you can get in terms of overall attributes, he's a good yeah. basketball player. And Mo Wagner, I think he would be back in Orlando and probably for above the minimum. Uh, I mean, he's he was good for them at backups. I don't know. I think they'll just bring him back. Uh, yeah, I think like Drew Eubanks might be a little out of their price range. I don't think he's going to let be let go, but I would actually really like uh, Willie Hernan Gomez for this. Group, oh, but this he's got a team option in, in uh, New Orleans. If he gets cut and is interested, that young. Yeah, that could be an interesting one also. So I think they're just they're going to kind of have to cobble it together here. We'll see. Maybe a return of old friend Jamichael Green possibility. Yeah, there's there's not not a ton out there, uh, I would say for them. They could also go the power forward route. One guy that I think would be interesting for them that I would maybe just like try to rehab a little bit and he could just fall apart completely. But uh, and it, Phoenix desperately needed someone and didn't use him. But Darius Baisley still has some potential at 23. Uh, I think uh, Anthony Lamb is someone who could be interesting for them too. Just a, a shooter who can at least like be a body at the power forward position. So, I, I mean, I, I guess you, I what I would try to do is maybe you'd use two slots at backup center. And they might even bring, bring back DeAndre too, just for morale purposes. But maybe you try to get a Biombo and then you also get more of an offensive guy and you just try to see which of those guys could work out possibly. I still I still wonder why it is that Robin Lopez just hasn't played the last two seasons. He's the guy that they could maybe look at. So you're just going to kind of be trying to figure it out, I think. And, and they're not going to spend more than the minimum on this guy. I would think what if they were let's say Bruce Brown leaves and they're going to go for try to use the tax mid-level but probably more for someone who would actually be in their rotation on the wing anybody stick out to you there I don't think that's enough for Lonnie Walker um get another University of Miami product in there no he made more than that this year and you would think that he played well enough to get a raise of anything hmm because a lot of those yeah go ahead um I don't think they would consider bringing back Will Barton I think they know that he's a little bit difficult from a personality standpoint as far as like expecting playing time javante green yeah that would be an interesting one because they they don't need as particularly in the regular season like a ton of shooting at that position because Jokic can always find a guy uh, who's a cutter who can finish at the rim like he can kind of just be their aaron gordon light kind of guy that that would be an interesting one although i think he could make more than that going back to chicago he also would have to be healthy I don't think Schroeder would take it, but I think he offered it to him. Oh yeah, he would. I think he's going to get more than that, and I think if it's if it's the minimum, he would just go back to L.A. instead. Well, I'm talking more in the tax, like taxpayer or part of the taxpayer. Oh, tax me level. Yeah, that might even be too little for him. Josh Richardson could be another guy, just a a, a body there. Um, who can defend reasonably well, like hopefully hit enough shots 
I don't know if this is tax me level, but Josh Okogi could be an interesting thought here. I think I'm running out of steam though. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't have a ton else. A lot of these teams are just playing in the minimum area, and hopefully they will be able to attract some pretty good talent because they have. They're going to have rotation spots available, and playing with Nikola Jokic is probably a good way to make yourself some money. So we can jump to the team that Denver dispatched in the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat, and the Heat have a lot more going on. And if it were any other front office, any other organization, I would be significantly more concerned thinking that this is a triage triage situation, but no team has turned a triage situation into into an advantage quite like Miami has with the combination of Pat Riley and Andy Ellsberg. So the reason why it is a difficult situation for the Heat is that, assuming as we both do, that Victor Oladipo is going to pick up that $9.45 million player option for next year, considering the injury that he unfortunately suffered. The Heat are well, well over the tax line, about 16 million over the tax line if you include some minimum roster holds because they're doing that. And that includes some significant omissions. So that's 16 mil or so over the tax with nothing for Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Omer Yurtsevin, and any of their minimum guys like Cody Zeller and Kevin Love. Yeah, and they do have full board rights on Struess. They do have full board rights uh, on Vincent, and those guys were important bellwethers for this team. And you have, I mean, the biggest reason that they're in this salary crunch, though, is you have Jimmy Butler making 43, Bam Adebayo making 32, Kyle Lowry making 30, Tyler Hero now gets bumped up to 27, and you still got Duncan Robinson making 18 as well. Uh, So at least one of those salaries basically is not going to be on this team next year. There's just no way that they can do it. And one of those ways that they could do that might be through the possibility of a big trade. There've been a number of reports that they're going to try to go big game hunting. Damian Lillard had some comments when he was asked, well, what if, if you were to ask for a trade, where might you want to go? And he mentioned Miami among uh, his primary list. Let's talk about what Miami has to trade (laughs) if they wanted to go that route. The good news for the Heat is that they actually only owe one first round pick moving forward. The challenge is that it's their 25 lottery protected and then unprotected. So what that means is they can't they they can trade their 23, but due to Stepien rule issues, they cannot trade their 24. They already owe their 25. They can't trade their 26 and then they you could do first allowable draft afterwards, but you know, you gets into it. So they could, you know, they could put together something involving three firsts pretty easily. Easily. They could possibly do four, but it would depend on first allowable draft language. I think it would, three is three is the reason. No, there's no, there's no way they could do four because it's twenty five. You're right because the the seven year. All, all yeah, that. the only the only way they could do four is if they went to OKC and said, "Hey, can we rather than making this unprotected in twenty five, can we just change it? Because uh, it's a lot of protected in twenty five, not protected in twenty six. Can we just change?" this to be just unprotected in 26 and then they could do their 23 first after the draft 24 28 and 30 so they could, that that would be the only way they could get to four picks uh in terms of young players just don't i mean tyler hero i mean your mileage may vary on whether he's po- a positive or not uh, on that contract starts at 27 with the maximum raises basically uh, over four years I, I think he's more possible salary 
filler. I mean, he's a good player. He can help. I think he's more helpful for a team that doesn't have championship aspirations, frankly. So he might be matching salary. Of course, Duncan Robinson, Lowry is an obvious one there too. Yeah, but those players, a huge problem for Miami is that those players are, I would say, you know, not to everybody's evaluation, but they're negative contracts and they don't have young, you know, it's only Jovic that they have that's under contract and cheap for a while. Caleb Martin, one of the more team-friendly deals, but teams are going to treat that as a $6.8 million expense because he has this very low player option for 24-25. You would have sufficient bird rights on Martin to potentially re-sign him, but it's not like you're getting him below market for three years. You're getting it for one. And so for Miami, like, I mean, to, in, to my eye, depending on how you feel about Jimmy Butler's, you know, 48 million roughly a year, depending on that player option, like, to me, their two best contracts might be Bam and Caleb Martin. Bam out of bio is going nowhere. And Caleb Martin is a kind of, he's a good player but it's a limited utility like how much surplus value is there other unless he plays like he did in the conference finals for the rest of his career so they're at i i i understand the reputation and it is well earned by this heat front office to you have to make a trade that other people will accept and i understand the pressure for their window because jimmy butler you know had this unbelievable first round and the the star dwindled a little bit as the playoffs went on but he's still a, a wonderful playoff player at times and bam is still improving he, ha- he had a really good year overall and so your window is narrower but to make a deal happen i'm not even talking about big game hunting i'm talking like medium game hunting it's going to require another team wanting what you have from a salary ballast standpoint and you being willing to throw real first round equity at them yeah and i think if it is damian lillard or bradley beals oh he's been a a long rumored target there in miami i think they have if those guys are being made available i think they probably have the scratch to go get him now somebody might outbid them and for lillard in particular bradley beal he's got the no trade lillard maybe just due to his stature in the organization would have kind of a no trade so much i think depends too on just who portland thinks is the best player whether scoot henderson is available at three what other trade offers they get i mean it seems like portland is just going to kind of be in the mode of well all right like maybe we'll trade the pick and try to get better next year if there's an amazing offer maybe we would even possibly trade dame if there's an amazing offer and because we scoot henderson is our pick and you know having him and dame at the same time doesn't make a ton of sense like let's get future assets to build around scoot henderson and Jaden sharp but that's all going to be fascinating uh is there anyone else that you think what about uh carl anthony towns as someone that they could go after you lose some of your defensive versatility but the heat have managed the heat have managed with flawed defenders before and towns has more untapped potential than somebody like duncan robinson to be abundantly clear i i you wonder what that shift in coaching and everything else could do for him but i mean Towns has been through a number of different head coaches, a number of different qualities of surrounding talent, hasn't been the defensive player that you and I hoped for, but gives them a different offensive element and that, you know, that in the finals, but also at other points in the playoffs, they overcame it, but their offense... It ran hot and it ran cold. And so Towns could stabilize that to a significant extent. But yeah, and Towns, part of the intrigue there is that I would define him as a negative value contract. Like he, he could live up to it with some strong years, but making, you know, so if we count the player option, he's averaging 51 million a year for five more years. Like that's, that's an absolute ton yeah. of money. I, I mean, it would probably have to be like Lowry and Duncan Robinson is the match. I, well, I would imagine and Hero 
and Anthony Edwards, like how great a fit is that? I mean, that's okay. Maybe that's okay. Uh, you know, so maybe it's Hero and Duncan Robinson or or uh, Hero and Lowry and something coming back. I, you know, I'm not sure that that's the revelatory Carl Anthony Towns trade that Minnesota is going to be relying on to get them out of this uh, huge pickle that they're in. And how many draft picks uh, at that point would Miami be willing to include? I don't see, at least off the top of my head now, any other stars that would just make a ton of sense there. If I don't think Trey Young is a great fit with the Heat, but I, I think they would make a call just because, you know, it's so yeah. funny considering the struggles Trey has had against the Heat specifically, but he is a very talented player who they, they, they've hidden flawed players before. Yeah, I, I mean, he would be an amazing fit there. And I think also they would kind of force him to defend a little bit harder that, than he has in the past. And uh, that would, uh, he would be a great fit with Bam and Jimmy for sure. I'm again, like, what are the offers for all these guys? Like, if you're Atlanta, whatever the Heat can trade, I don't think that that's enough to persuade me to move on from Trey Young. I think there would probably be a better offer out there for him. Although, who knows? I, that would be fascinating. Like, what the uh, offers would be for Trey Young. I mean, Young. The, the sales pitch for the Heat is that they might offer unprotected picks when other teams might not. But are you going to bet against them being good? Yeah, that's it's a it's a gamble, but it it is a gamble that could pay off because at some point the Heat going for the present is going to is going to sour. But they've generally been very well run. They found these values on the margins, found good players. So their their absolute nadir might be stronger than the average team. I mean, the only time that they've been really bad was 2008 and that's when they intentionally tried to be bad when everyone was injured and they traded away Shaq and all that uh they haven't other than that uh and obviously the Wade year also when their team had kind of fallen apart too uh in 03 but they haven't I mean that was the pre-Spolstra era they I don't see them uh being bad in the next like 10 10 years or so that's not uh like you said not a bet I would want to make the, the Miami Heat have been under 500 once since the 08 since the 0708 season and that year they finished 39 and 43 we got another day of nba action so it's time for your fan duel crew to make their bets you know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win make every night a watch party only on fan duel 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus best that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. How are they fixed for seconds going forward? Not great. They owe their 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and 28 seconds. Uh, so they have 29 and 30. <laughs> 29 and 30, and then they have one extra second, which is not going to be a good one. It's going to be in 26, and it'll be whoever's better among OKC, Dallas, or Philly. So that's, you would assume that's not going to be top 45. Because I'm trying to think of how realistic it is for them to move on from like Oladipo in particular. I mean, is there even a possibility that they could end up like stretching Kyle Lowry? Now, Lowry actually was like pretty important for their team in the end and oh by the way you might need to re-sign Gabe Vincent if you're gonna let Kyle Lowry go uh let's talk about that aspect now here and before we get into the overall finances because we, we had talked about them making a trade uh 
and probably not shedding salary in that trade necessarily although perhaps that could be part of it the guys they would be trading for would be pretty expensive but let's just talk about max Strus and gabe vincent we hit on this when we went through all of the positions earlier those guys value largely has probably gone up since i know that they both struggled through most of the finals uh but what do you think their markets will be like what would just be fair contracts for those guys irrespective of the teats tax concern for Struess, I mean, he had previously been a starter for Miami, but then largely kind of went into a reserve role because Tyler Hero ascended in part because of that contract that he signed. But Although by the end, again, they were starting both Hero and Struess. They were. So Struess, lower usage than than somebody think, but he's been, you know, he's been overall pretty efficient. He was at 60-ish percent true shooting the two years prior to this year and then 58 this year when he shot worse on threes than in some of the priors. I think of Struess especially because he's capable defensively i think of him more in the solid starter range and for a player who's six five you know can he's more i think of him you know defensively he can be kind of a two or three you don't want him plenty of attack that's you know, in, a, in the previous year, we talked about that as more like a 15 to $18 million player. In the new paradigm, that's probably more like a 20 to $23 million player. And Struess is 27 now. He'll turn he'll turn 28 during next season, but it will be his age 27 season. So I would say something in that realm. And he's, you know, unrestricted. They do have full bird rights. But, you know, I, if I were running a team, had that scratch, I would be considering that offer. So you're talking high, high teens? Low 20s for me. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's that might be a little much because you do wonder overall in the course of the season uh, how real the shooting like it, to be worth that he's got to be a 40 percent three-point shooter and that's that's maybe asking a little much there are times in these playoffs he did that he's got he's better defensively than kind of your typical two guard to be sure so i i would split the difference more kind of in the high teams but i i it wouldn't shock me if he's just more around that mid-level exception area he has made nothing in his career he's been on the minimum his whole career he's 27 he's got to get paid here basically the absolute max amount that he can this is his one shot at 27 vincent also at 27 and we've seen that he fits extremely well in just about any situation solid on ball pick and roll defender of point guards he'll hold up like he'll fight enough on a switch it's not perfect like he's not going to shut guys down but he could still be part of the group he's gonna not like commit some dumb foul every time like so he's not a grade one liability maybe he's a, a grade two liability but you can work with that uh, if he's your smallest defender so he's another guy i would think is kind of in that like i like him a little bit better again than probably the league does and he his shooting also was you know, waxed and waned throughout the course of the regular season it certainly looked great uh throughout these playoffs but the big part of that was that he was making shots at a level beyond where he did it this regular season he was a much better shooter last year though so well, how do you price all that in i don't know i think of vincent as a better version than most but these point guard sized guys who are better not running an offense and they're valuable but they're you know like i wouldn't give somebody like that unless you already had the other pieces in place like the heat do there could be another couple to give him like solid starter money i would go a little bit lower i, I think it's interesting you probably see Struess and vincent is closer i'm more of a low to mid teens on vincent t- person because you need you need so many other things around him for him to thrive yeah when i did our rankings i had him in the 23 
to 32 range among point guards of just he is can run a little bit of pick and roll but he'll defend his position quite well and shoots it well enough it's just a question of how well he shoots it the defense you know is going to be there he stayed relatively healthy so i think it's he fits really well on a lot of teams and so i i think both of these guys you would think would have offers at the full mid-level and it's just a question of well our cap space team is going to go for it at this point and then you get into all right let's say miami is willing to offer both these guys the full mid-level then how do they make the finances work on that because if they do that then they would be 40 million dollars into the tax (laughs) unreal yeah uh i mean they also could possibly trade a first to just get off a salary right like if they could they with the way duncan robinson played could they just trade him and the number 18 pick this year uh robinson does i think so especially considering the salary floor requirements so you you could you could have a team that like you know the the, the downside for a team like san antonio with duncan robinson is that he's paid over multiple years so it's not a circumstance like maybe one of those teams might be more interested in lowry than robinson just because of the contract structure but you could see in orlando or in indiana just be hey hey, we we have a couple of guys in this draft that we really like we could get somebody and then he's a part of our rotation even if his contract is underwater it's not 50 million underwater it's more like you know 15 million underwater yeah, and perhaps uh, if they if a team they were willing to give up a first, they could get back a cheaper guy who could still play, uh, possibly also. But that's uh, there's also the possibility. I mean, would they just consider moving Tyler Hero just to move him? Like that doesn't seem like they would go that route either. That you think that they really like him still? That and he does have, of course, a lot of upside left to explore. He's only in his this be his fifth season. He came in the league at 19. My uh, instinct is that yeah. the Yay Points young two guard exodus is not going to be this year, but it might be 24. <laughs> depending on how these contracts (laughs) are being structured. Yeah, well, uh, you have to actually get the points too. Uh, for certain certain players in that demographic, uh, have struggled at that recently. So it's going to be really fascinating. The issue that they need to get better. Uh, they just they need a better on ball initiator. Could that just be Hero coming back again? But then he brings the defensive concerns. Jimmy, I mean, they need to preserve him ever more through the regular season. He, I think, can bring it maybe in a series, but probably not for an entire playoff run. As as Seth liked to call him consistently aggressive jimmy i just i don't maybe it was the ankle who knows but his, he has knee issues too i think he's just kind of prone to wearing down with his dial of play so relying on him as your number one offensive player throughout an entire playoffs that's just probably asking too much like they just their offense was absolutely pathetic in the denver series by the time it was all said and done and they quite frankly probably relied on some unsustainable shooting in earlier rounds to really be a team that like they need more i think to duplicate this run they need to appreciate this run for what it was but also acknowledge that there's a reason that they were the eight seed this year and that that matters too and so that they got to find a way to get better and i'm i think in theory trading some of this ballast salary for a star is the best way to do that what would you offer for bradley beal let's uh, let's say uh, the centerpiece of the deal is lowry all right so it's just expiring salary maybe it's lowry and duncan robinson for beal although it probably would make more sense to have it be hero given that they their skill sets kind of overlap it it would but that would depend on what winger and and the wizards want to do from this point it's it's so funny because I'm lower on Beal on a great team, I think, than some are. But the delta for the Heat, because of how good their other pieces are, is actually higher because Beal would be in a position to succeed. Two firsts, I think, is what I'd do. 
Yeah, that feels right because he is going to be a bad contract by the end. And but you should uh, now is that enough for Washington to just do it after all this? Add eh, two firsts, Tyler Hero. I, I think if you could if you could get out that clean, especially cleanly, especially if the the other pieces are whatever winger thinks makes the most sense for their books. I mean, I we haven't done the Wizards offseason, but getting out early instead of getting out late seems like or have we done it? Either way, that that makes sense to me. According to your meticulous records. And certainly not my own memory. <laughs> we have not done. No, they have the they have the eight picks, so we haven't done them because I've I've you know right. been pushing back the teams who have top tens. Right, exactly. Okay, I, I think that's probably all there is. Oh, to talk okay. About I want to do one more game okay. with you because it's the Heat. Okay. Which, even though it seems completely impractical and illogical, which player we expect to make twenty million or more who is an unrestricted free agent this year is the most likely to be a member of the Miami Heat in the twenty three twenty four season. And it can be an option, that, and that is the kind of the cheat code here because they could facilitate that way. Kyrie Irving, he and Jimmy are buddies. They are, and Irving's market is, and, and Kyrie also like there is a distinct chance that he would take less just to do it. Um, I had thought about Van Vliet and the Heat. You know, they, they've they've negotiated significant trades with the Raptors in the past, um, and he could opt in. Though his option decision is so early that they would have to kind of probably line some of the stuff up now. But yeah, no team no team does it quite like Miami does, and so that's why they're they're always a little bit stressful in the prediction game. We'll just sit back and watch. I suppose we will. All right, that will do it for today's program. Got much more to come, uh, of course, more draft stuff, more off-season outlooks. And uh, John and I are going to record tomorrow talking about free agency, eager to get his thoughts on some of the most interesting free agents. So we'll talk to you again soon. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.